Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Watch your favorite episodes of Expeditiously right now on the Expeditiously YouTube page. You also wrote Coming to America 2 with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, it'll be December 18th. Coming to America is, for us, right, it's a classic. Absolutely. It is a black fairy tale. You know what I'm saying? Eddie went and took us out of the hood to a place where black people were shitting money. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) It was something so special for the time. So, you know, the guy, I I looked at what was there and I, I felt like Eddie had a really, we had a really special way into the movie and everybody came back. It was big enough of a moment that, that I felt like I really wanted to take a swing. And I think, they, you know, I think they did a really it? amazing job. Is he a family man? Is he a trapper? Is he a ladies man? Well, I'm all of it. All of it. I beat your ass, kiss your girl, and go tuck my kids in. And then I show up and lead a march on the weekend. <laughs> it's all real. real, real. This is Expeditiously. I am Tilt T.I. Uh-huh. Now, the following experience is not a test. The conversations and stories expressed on this podcast are meant to be an expression of purpose and truth. This show, properly entitled Expeditiously, is a free exchange of ideas and opinions. No judgment, no preconceived beliefs, no fear. You're encouraged to share your thoughts and ask any question as long as it's done with respect. And that's through true love and respect for others that we will change the world and speak truth to power, one show at a time. Now, without further ado, this is Expeditiously. I'm Tip T.I. Harris. So, uh, man, shit, bro. I appreciate you for taking the time out, man. I know you got a busy schedule. Congrats on this. Congrats on your show. You, it came out of nowhere and hit. Man, thank you. Thank you, bro. Who knew that I that my opinion was so valued and welcomed in, 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 our, in our culture, man? Who knew? Um, man, so for those of you who don't know, man, my next guest has created numerous television shows, including the critically acclaimed Blackish. Uh, the award-winning series has also two spinoffs, okay? You got Grownish and Mixed-ish. Uh, he was a writer on The Game, which is all of one of all our favorites, uh, and Soul Food. He also, which is a fun fact that I didn't know, co-created and produced America's Next Top Model with Tyra Banks, uh, which is probably, you know, that'll probably, yeah, give you an idea uh, why he spends so much money and can afford to do so. Uh, but, you know, just to the skill set of his craft, he penned the film, which means he wrote for you motherfuckers who ain't as sophisticated or artsy as the, next, as the rest of us. But he, he penned the film Girls Trip, uh, which was a hit over 100 million in box office. He co-produced the 2019 film Little. Uh, uh, with Issa Rae and also the young lady who's the youngest executive producer in Hollywood. I say Martin. Yes, man. Y- y- yes, man. Man, she's a, a phenomenal talent, just an incredible actress and now an incredible executive producer. Uh, so a l- little bit more about him that you didn't know. Uh, let's see here. Shaft is another one that he also, you wrote that. Yep. Okay, and if that wasn't enough in 2020, he made his acting debut as though he didn't make enough money as a writer and producer. He made his acting debut in his Netflix uh, 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 hit series titled Black as Fuck, uh, Black AF, if you, you know what I'm saying, if you can't 
co-star Rashida Jones, man. Look, that is my new favorite show. I ain't even gonna hold you. Um, I don't give a damn what nobody got to say about it. I feel like you actually took time in my house observing what I go through or what we go through as a family and kind of like incorporated that and put it into a series. So I appreciate that. Um, this shit is, you know, I mean, it's beyond, I guess, obvious, but I'm proud to have you as a guest, man. Please welcome Mr. Kenya Barris to Expeditiously. Thank you for having me. Mr. Kenya Barris on Expeditiously, man. Hey, look, so your catalog is long and, and, and also just, you know, the shit is impressive, but what is it of your body of work that you are most proud of? Oh, blackish. Blackish. And why? Why blackish first? Um, it changed my life. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I was happy when I got a chance to be a part of America's Next Top Model, and that financially gave me a, a, the power to say no, which I think, you know, that's a, a, a big sort of, we can talk about that. You know what I'm saying? That changed my career choices. Mm. Black, that was, that was Tyra's thing. Like, blackish right. was the first thing that was my thing. Um, I've been writing for a long time and I got to do my thing and talk about my family. And, you know, in the same way, you know, you said like, this is your family right now. Blackish for a lot of people when I did that was their family then. I'm saying in seven years, black America has changed. I'm saying we've grown. I'm saying, and I feel like this is, this was the time that I, this, this show when I got to do black AF, for, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do any of this shit if it wasn't for Blackish. You know what I'm saying? The phone started ringing in a different kind of way, you know, and I, I will always be, you know, respectful and, and understand that, that that changed me and my family's life. And, you know, it, it, in some aspects changed. I got the chance to do something that wasn't on TV, mm. you know, and opportunities for a lot of other people. And, you know, I got to employ and work with and be around a lot of really talented African-American you know, artists, and that that was, that I'll always be thankful for that. Man, I mean, one thing I appreciate about your work, um, Blackish and Black AF, uh, I haven't had an opportunity to see Grownish or Mixedish yet, but Blackish and Black AF, you incorporate so much information, you know what I'm saying? So you drop so many jewels about uh, so many things that impact and affect our culture and our community. Um, and you say that, you know, having the financial freedom to be able to say no, that gave you an opportunity to, to, to be able to do those things. Like talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, it's, we all come from, you know, different parts of this country in different ways. And I'm saying my, my beginnings were humble, like a lot of other people, but you know, when you're trying to eat, you know, you make different choices than when you're, when you're full. Right. I wasn't full, but I had, I have food in my stomach, you know what I'm saying, after Top Model. And I had more food in my stomach after Blackish. And, you know, I was able to, I think you become more responsible with the decisions that you make, you know what I'm saying? And you start taking more ownership of it. And, um, you know, I, 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 I don't know if we, this is a little piece of tip, but me and Tip were supposed to do a show years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, crazy shit happened. But I told you, you know, I always appreciated your albums and the show. I, I don't know if we can. The show, the series I wanted to do was to, you're, you're a storyteller. Yeah. And every one of the albums, you can look back, and I always say the same thing with Jay, too. You see your growth personally reflected in your art. Right on. You know and for me, I feel like that was what Blackish was. You know what I'm saying? I would, you know, my, my wife was a, was a doctor. I was a writer. 
my kids have, you know, I want you taught to give your kids more than you have, you know right. what I'm saying? But, but in doing that kind of, what do you lose out on? You know what yeah. I'm saying? And that was the upper middle class black family for network television. That's about as far as we could go without right. people feeling like they were off put. But when I got a chance to go to Netflix in the same way that you've grown and you can see your family in, in black AF now, you might've saw it in blackish back then. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because we've, you know, I think in, you know, over the last decade, we've changed. You know what I'm saying? We've continued to grow. And the same way your albums grow with you, same way I love, you know, one of my favorite storytellers in Jay-Z, his albums grow with him. Right. I felt like this was the story that I wanted to tell because this is where I feel like as a culture, we've grown and there's some, some wish fulfillment and there's some, you know, aspirational things. But there's also some truth to just like seeing us break through different barriers that we hadn't broke through before. Mm-hmm. But knowing those same problems really exist and right. talking about different, like we're just not monolithic as a black culture. There's so many different versions of us. That's and it's true. important for us to see, you know, every version from good times to this, to everything in between. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I kind of, you know, but the thing that we, if we are, if we take enough time and look at it, there is something cohesive between all those stories. And that's our struggle in this country. Mm. Um, and I respect everybody's opinion about the show. You know, it's super polarizing. Like I, I've never done anything like this that it's been so much like, like people call me like, this is my favorite show. People call me and said, I hate this. Man. You know, I, <laughs> I've never done anything like that. You know what I'm saying? But I kind of like I really love the show, bro. I loved it first, like as soon as it came on, because, it, you know, uh, I love the way you broke down the fourth wall. And, you know, it was, I think um, it had a scripted reality to it mm-hmm. you know what sure. i'm saying uh how, how much of the storylines and you know the the character arcs uh come from your real life in black and black af i would say almost all of them you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying i'm you know i'm a, I'm a television writer so like you sit in a room with a lot of other writers and they collaborate and, you know it becomes an aggregate of our uh, some aggregate of our experiences but in some version we all sort of experience moments of things that happened and I definitely experienced all those things. I won't for this particular show I wouldn't have done it if I didn't couldn't relate to it. You know right. what I'm saying? All the things that I would, would you know were happening may not be my life exactly, but I related to them. Right on. Now okay, so tell me you you mentioned like, you know, how polarizing the show is and people have called you and, you know, had very positive uh uh opinions and very negative opinions. But about the negative opinions and the backlash that came from the Twitter sphere, if you will, specifically about uh, Rashida and uh-huh. and her role in Black AF. Um, what do you think was so, you know, I mean, what, what do you think hurt people feeling so much about that? I won't speak on Rashida because she has her own play, but I will say this for her. She's the only person I ever wanted to do that that role. She did it in a way that is... Perfect. Mm. You're saying supported a dude who was a non-actor. Right. In a way I cannot, you know, you acted. So you understand when you get around people who are green. Right. You, she held me up and carried me through that. And she's been my partner in a way that I cannot, you know, I, I, I cannot tell you how thankful I am to her. And I feel like she's done a, a, a pitch perfect job. Mm. That I, I just will say, you know, I think everyone has the rights, but she's playing. I think the thing that, the one thing I will say in terms of the colorism and all this I'm, this is based on my family. Right. So there's a version of, you know, this, she's playing a version of my, of my wife who's biracial. 
Okay. You know my so your wife is mixed. My wife is biracial. She my, um, she's she's playing a version of of that character. My kids, what we, Rashida and I could produce, looks like those kids who are amazing. Right. And so I feel like you know I think that sometimes we just need to like I said talked about like informing ourselves a little bit more. I think that I think everyone's experience and everyone's opinion in terms of you know, colorism are real, and I understand that. But if you just dug a little bit under the surface, you'd understand that this was based upon, it's, it's you know, biographical. Right. And this was based on my family, and I was trying to duplicate a version of what my family was. You know what I'm saying? Right. I think that, you know, that would have calmed a lot of the, the natives, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I think it's important that it didn't, and it because it speaks to the idea that there is so much colorism in the world now and it shows how important this is to, to people so i take the good with the bad mm-hmm. the i have a little bit of a problem with the who ignorant you know what i'm saying the ignorant i have a problem with but i take opinions good with the bad because if you're going to listen to any of them you got to listen to all of them and and if you watch the series uh it's eight episodes uh and every episode has one thing in common because of slavery yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. every episode will have that too yeah so look right so tell me what is it about because of slavery that you wanted to embed in our in our perception I think it's so so we were enslaved for over 400 years right mm-hmm. I think a generation is 11 or 12 years or something like that so we were enslaved almost 30 38 39 40 you know 40 generations mm. it, Two generations, I read somewhere it's two to three generations to like for things to normalize. Right. You know or you're used to seeing a black police officer or the we were in a situation for forty generations or thirty-five generations or thirty-eight generations. The notion of us not, you know, knowing that we shouldn't look a white man in his eye and things like you know, like that, mm. all of a sudden we're put out in Jim Crow, which I think is worse than slavery. You know mm. what I'm saying? Because all of a sudden this four hundred year, you know, atrocity was just over. And we're put back into the same community with the same people who were oppressing us. Our behaviors, our rationales, how we, our our diets, our our health habits, you know, our health traits. There's no version of us forgetting that, you know. And I want America and the world to know we went through a lot, and that's how resilient of a people we are. But we're still there's this great book, Post Traumatic Slave Disorder. We're still dealing with the you know the effects of what slavery is, and I think that like. You know, I, I, there's a big thing with me in, in fucking jewelry. I like jewelry. Right. You know what I'm because I grew up feeling like I didn't have shit. There's something so, about when you ain't had shit, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something about when you ain't had shit, bro. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Of course, we all know the difference in uh, assets and liabilities. We all know what value appreciation versus depreciation is. But... There's just something about the gratification of, you know, nice things that mean more to us than it would to a white man. And I think that you would sum that up and and, and say that it's because of slavery. It's peacocking. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like, you know, Chris Rock, you know what I'm saying? It's spinning, nigga. Like, we got to go. We, we had to put rims on. We're learning. We're, we're slowly learning less is more, you know mm. what I'm saying? As we start to come around as a, you know, most of us who have any type of real sort of success, it's, I mean, in terms of wealth, and we, I won't even call it wealth. Like there's some, so there's some rich niggas, not too many wealthy. Not many wealthy ones. You know what I'm saying? 
And so most of us who have any type of success, this is first generation. Yeah. Everything we're learning, we're learning on the spot. On the job training for us. Right. Give me a second to learn. I'm not supposed to rim my car out because the stocks make it ride the way it's supposed to drive. Give me a second before I learn that. Right. Give me a second before I learn there's times when you can tuck your chain. Give me a second. You don't even need the chain. Right. Let me let me have let let me have my moment. You know what I'm saying? And I, I I'm understanding I'm starting to understand financial literacy as we all are. And I'm teaching it to my kids in a way it wasn't taught to me. But there's still that part of me that's just a nigga. And I just wanna, you know what I'm saying, do me and, and be me and I'm not gonna hide from that. You know what I'm no. saying? Like I, I remember looking up to D boys and, and hoop players and rappers and what they had and I'm like when I got a little bit of something, I I wanted to be like those dudes that I looked up to and I'm not gonna run away from that because that's you know, what mainstream society says I shouldn't do. Right. And that's another thing that you don't shy away from. You don't shy away from the criticism of yourself. You know what I'm saying? When you actually like say, damn, am I just riding a black wave? Is this, (laughs) you know, I'm just the nigga of the moment. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, uh, uh, are those real kind of like uh, conversations or, or realizations you've had with yourself over time? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Like you know, the notion of when I see something, you know, that episode for, was super personal for me because when I see something that I feel like um, things that I feel like as a as an artist, I'm yo, this is whack. I'm sure you, you know, I'm saying in music, you know, what I'm saying right. and just like you'll no, seriously, you'll see something because you can really rap. You know, what right. I'm saying when, and and music is going through a change right now, and, and when you see something, and for you, it doesn't necessarily resonate as what you remember or what you feel like the art form is, but it's real realty. Yeah. It's getting real more streams than anything else. You know what I'm saying? It starts to feel like, hold on. You know what I'm saying? Was I part of that? Was I part of that sort of, you know, wave? Um, you know, and it makes me question my own, you know, my own success, my own things. And at the same time, it makes me not want to just accept being part of something. I want to be dope. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I want to, I want to be dope. I don't want to be, and when I may not be dope for everybody, but I want the people that I respect and mm-hmm. that I, my, you know, the community that I'm reaching out to, I want them to actually like or dislike my work and be able to critically talk about that. Right on. You know I'm saying? And I feel like that takes us really challenging one another. Yeah, I think, and speaking of challenging one another, one thing you also do taking from your real life, you don't just kind of uh, present the 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 positive or the nice easy parts of your life you also touch on some tough topics of discussion uh even from blackish um and black af like uh separation uh when you know when you ain't married like separation sometimes is just you know what i'm saying it's a it's a harsh reality of marriage and you know to pretend that that reality doesn't exist does not help us in the long run as a society so and also dealing with things like you dealt with in black af like uh having a woman who might have had money before you had money but now that you've become you know a little bit more affluent your woman can you know what i'm saying had an opportunity to not have to work and that causes a certain level of resentment in the household that may yeah may even be unintentional. It's unintentional for you. You ain't trying to shine on her and she's not really trying to, you know what I'm saying, be negative towards you, but it's just an unspoken 
reality that you address in all your work uh and what made you be as as confident and free with your own real life situations to share with us like this i feel like the great comics and the comedians that we really love they draw you in when you tell your own story right when you talk about your flaws you draw your audience in because you're not trying to present a facade that's not necessarily real. Like, you know what I'm saying? You see the chinks in your armor and they'll expose, the audience will expose more than you're even willing to expose. Right. But I feel like it's easier to talk about things and sort of want to have, because I have an opinion and it's easier to have an opinion if I, if I let you into having an opinion on my life. I'm going through a divorce right now. You know, who knows what's going to happen with that? You know what I'm saying? Damn. But You, you mean know, in it, real life you are? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, and, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen with that? But it is... Part of life, you know what I'm saying? I think when I was growing up, we didn't have, I never saw, you know, Cliff and Claire argue. Right. And so I didn't, you know, I believe that, you know, if you look at sitcoms and our stories, we're supposed to be okay. You know what I'm saying? But the idea of it is 52% of marriages don't work. Mm. You know? And the notion of like understanding how to write, we didn't know about therapy really, or really understand it. You know what I'm saying? Because I wasn't part of growing up. We didn't know about really having the church, really having friends that were other married friends. And we didn't have a lot of things that sort of would have given us the skeleton to sort of make it in a different kind of way. So I feel like talking about that and showing that, you know, to a, a generation of people who might be going through what I'm going through, it makes them sort of say like, hey, there, you know, there's other people out there like me. Maybe right. we can, maybe we can't, but we have the I just want to make sure that I'm trying to, you know, be as real with my shit as possible. Man, I think you're doing a phenomenal job, bro. Uh, and I mean, even just in conversation, man, you just kind of just share so much. You dig what I'm saying? Um, you didn't have to tell us about, you know, you going right. through a divorce. You know what I'm saying? It is. It is the hard, toughest thing I've ever been through in my life. Especially when you have to do it in front of the world. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I somehow, some fucked up way, it got announced on my birthday Damn. that we have filed. I didn't file on my birthday, but it got announced on my birthday. And I didn't know it was, I don't care. I don't know that my divorce is people care about me getting divorced. I'm not anybody, especially at that point. And all of a sudden it's in the papers as I'm getting off a plane coming from Atlanta. Mm. And I have my wife calling me. I have my daughter who's, you know, a sophomore at USC calling me. I have mm. my daughter who's a senior in high school calling me because her friends are talking about it. And like, you know, like, you know, that I'm just not used to, you know, I, I did this contract with Netflix. All of a sudden people are talking about money I got and, and what's in my pocket and what's this. And it's just, it's a, it's a different world than I ever expected. Mm. And I'm trying to experience it with the audience in real time. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I don't, this is all happening to me and Netflix allows it to sort of happen really quickly. So you're not, it's not too far behind. Mm. This is all happening as it's happening damn man i mean there's like a there's just a, a a high key level of bravery that goes with you know going through that at this moment in time in your life uh and 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 sharing it with the world so you also wrote coming to america too with eddie murphy yeah yeah which is out which is on the way it'll be december 18th Gotcha. So now that, now, is there any kind of nerves involved when you approaching such a cult classic like that? I mean, of course I thought of, I mean, it was, it literally, I was writing, I said I wasn't going to, I was going to take my time off. And then I got approached to write the Bob Marley, doing an animated Bob Marley movie at Fox. 
And I was like, it's Bob Marley. And Bob Marley to me is the greatest living at, the, at his time. You know I'm saying? He really only had like a six year career. Mm. I mean, real world knew him and he changed music. So I was like, you know, I, to jump at an opportunity to do animation and make it Bob Marley with the Marley family. I was like, I'm not doing anything else. And of course, while I'm doing that, I get the call about coming to America. Dang. And coming to America is, for us, right, it's a classic. Absolutely. It is a black fairy tale. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Eddie went and took us out of the hood right. to, to a place where black people were shitting money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it was something so special for the time. So, you know, the guy, I, I looked at what it was there and I, I felt like Eddie had a really, we had a really special way into the movie and um everybody came back and some every you know it was it was it was big enough of a moment that i felt like i really wanted to take the swing and i think that they you know i think they did a really amazing job on it man i'm looking forward to it bro i'm looking forward to it i i heard a lot of great things about it man man there's so much to talk about man let me ask you this what was your your first first production i mean i did little stuff on my own you know what i'm saying i did a thing called a short called bopping, which was about <laughs> trying to fucking when your girl leaves, trying to fucking jack off <laughs> before she gets <laughs> wanting a moment to yourself. Um, yeah. And it was it kind of started got me start in somebody saw it and it got me like my first writing job. What what year um, was this? I was writing. I was I've been writing twenty. So this was twenty was twenty four years ago. So that was ninety six. Yeah. Mm. Right after I graduated college. Right on. And what college you go to? I went to Clark. Okay, so yeah, so you got a little, you know what I'm saying, you got a little AUC. Oh, Atlanta's, yeah. Atlanta's DNA. That, I, went to, I was at Clark when it was Shake, Jaha, Kenny, Wendell. Wow. Uh, everybody on, on the yard, you know what I'm saying? Like, Those were you, prime Freaknik years, you know what I'm saying? I saw the end of Freaknik. Yeah. When they came home, when I came home, the news were like, was said, I was out. I had just been out of Piedmont. And I came home and news was like, this is the last year they're going to allow Freaknik. And I remember looking at the news Dang. and I'm like, I swear. <laughs> like, I, Freaknik was fucking crazy. Man, so, and now since you have, you know, made your acting debut, um, does this mean that you're, 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 you're going to kind of like, you know, shift over and di- so this is the only, this is the only role you're accepting? Ever. And you hear me say it now, if you see me <laughs> be like, I'm a bullshit ass singer. I will not, I'm not acting in anything else other than this show ever again. Why? Because it's, uh, it's, it's too hard. It's too it's, hard. Actors are magic. Right. Actors are magic. Actors can shine shit. You know what I'm saying? Actors can take <laughs> you know, something on the page and make it. You're like, that wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? Right. Bring it and to life. Absolutely. And I feel like I have too much respect for, you know, the field, for the the the. the the people who are doing it and what they do and the time they put in to say like, this is something that, you know, I, I the same way I don't think Larry David would consider himself an actor for a second. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? This was a role I had to do because there's already somebody playing a version of me expertly mm-hmm. on AB and he's my brother and Anthony Anderson. Right. And another actor do this and say some of the things that I wanted to say wouldn't be fair to that actor. He would just get compared to Anthony that he was doing a, an Anthony, you know, rendition and I feel like this wasn't I wanted to make this feel differently and I wanted to make this actually really personal well that answers my sec my next question which is uh I, I was going to ask you which would you say is harder but I think you just kind of detail that you think acting is hard it is 
there's, you know, 5K cameras. I'm a nigga who has, like, pockmarks and fucking funny-looking, you know, dude, like, have a 5K camera pointed at my face. No matter what mood you're in that day, yeah. no matter what's going on, that camera can see everything, and you have to give it to an audience who's going to critique the shit out of it. Right. You know, then bring life to it. It's something that I feel like you, I tell every writer, you should act. Just for, just take a one, take a day player role. It'll make you a better writer. It'll make you a better director. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think actors should write too, because I think they'll understand a little bit what they're doing. But, but I think acting is a really, really, that's why actors are stars. That's mm. why, you know, you, you can write as great a script as you want, but if you don't have people who can actually bring it to life, it doesn't matter. So I think that's why actors are, are, you know, the stars of Hollywood. Word up. So is there a story that you haven't told yet, but you'd like to? Yes. I mean, there's a million of them. That's one of the reasons I did this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I wanted to do a different version of a family show that they said we could. Why do we, my my friend says, as as a saying, she's like, we only get to tell four stories. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I come out of white movies all the time. I'm like, what an amazing story this white man has told. They get so <laughs> We get street nigga, historical biopic, slavery, you know, and every now and then they'll throw in like, I can't get a man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I feel like we get like four or five stories to tell, but I feel like there's so many amazing stories for us to talk about, but the only way we're going to do them is like, where someone has to take a chance and do things a little bit differently. And shit, I'm getting drug on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting, I'm getting drug on Twitter. And I feel you like- You love too though, bro. You get love too. I love too, but I'm, getting, I'm not used to being an actor, so I'm not used to like being personally reviewed. And I'm getting drug, but I, I would take it because I think- can tell you how to be you though. That's right. You see what I'm saying? That's the only reason why the critiques don't really matter in this particular case, because this is your story that you're telling and don't nobody know how your life was in that moment. But you, you know what I'm saying? Can't nobody tell you, but you should have been more upset. You're like, motherfucker, that's how upset I was. <laughs> but you've been through it enough to know. And I mean, there's, there's a responsibility that comes with our success sure. is that there's not enough of us. You know what I'm saying? And I, as much as I want to say this is my story, and I'm I mean, it is my story, and I'm doing the best I can. And mm -hmm. I'm doing you know, I'm, But I do represent our culture. And then so since there's so few of us, right. someone taking certain ownership to what I do and taking a certain opinion of what I do, that's their, they, they deserve that because there's so few of us. Right. And we, I think we don't have the ability to be like, I don't care. I, I'm doing like that. You know, Tyler you know, did an amazing thing in this and came on and, and really killed it. And what he said was absolutely correct. You know what I'm saying? He's he doing it for You don't give a fuck and he's doing it for his group. You know what I'm saying? And my, my mom and aunt, I remember coming in and they were watching on VHS the Tyler Perry plays right. 20 years ago. And they uh. were loving it. I'm like, what the fuck is this? They and they don't... My mom goes and, and they go and show up for a Tyler Perry movie and they are not showing up because he's black. They enjoy it. Right, and there's no way you can take away their opinion and say their opinion doesn't count. Adams, Adam Sandler does movies that people are like they may not be what people say or artists that are like the highest, but they make money. And every time if he does a movie, and people don't say it's high. He's not the the destruction of white culture. But right. if if he does something that people feel like isn't what we should do, all of a sudden he's the destruction. That's not fair. But I understand. I understand. Tyler understands this. You understand. You get in trouble. You do something, and people are like. 
you know, you you did the end. Of, you're just doing what everybody else does, but you know that they're used to it by now, man. They know what to expect from me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, that's the thing about trouble, man. You know what I'm saying? When you come in and you, you know what I'm saying? You kind of put it out there so a person can know what to expect. Uh, but I think one thing that should be addressed uh, about this show and and I guess the uh, the Twitter spheres. Uh, opinions of this show. There's really a thing in 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 our society and in our culture about us not being black enough. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that's because everyone's like you said, being black isn't monolithic. Everyone's story is different and important because there's someone out there who can relate to this, even if it's not you. Even if you were to tell a story, for instance, let's just say the Stanley character on Friday. You know what I'm saying? Get off my lawn. So, you know what I'm saying? We would call that guy like an Oreo or, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, a lot of times people call uh, Uncle Tom when they don't really yeah. realize that Uncle Tom was the good guy in the story. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but that guy has a story that deserves to be told because there are people out there that relate to that. And I don't think we should be penalizing each other. We can't afford to lose any of our, you know, people. We don't have enough. We ain't got enough numbers like that. So to try to tear people down and criticize people beyond repair because you disagree with, you know, their level of blackness, to me, that shit, I mean, I just think it's, I think it's bad. And it's 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 limiting. You know what yeah. I'm saying? The only way like we can somebody can say I like TI more than I like Jeezy, right? Yeah. Just put it out there. And and that doesn't affect either of your careers because right. hip hop, we've put ourselves in a situation where we have enough where we can have critical conversation and right. we can talk about it and we can have versus this producer versus this or this rapper versus that and we can have that. But in so many other parts of, of society we don't have enough of us to really sort of start tearing down one another right. we need to actually you know you know the notion of you want my show to work right even if you hate it you know what i'm saying you want my show to work because what it does is it shows that there is an audience for us and right. that you when you want to go do your story your story which may be different from mine has a better chance of going right. because my work and if you have a story that's different but it still speaks to the culture you have a better chance of having your story work and so it gives us more you know looks at representation and diversity but we don't understand that because we're so nascent in this these sort of things we're so new you know in these these worlds and we understand that our strength is in numbers you know what i'm saying it's that whole thing your mom tells you wrong you know this is strong but stronger yeah, you know what I'm exactly. saying? You, you can poke somebody or punch somebody. Yeah. You bring your fingers together, you got some. I mean, yeah, I definitely believe that. That's something I think that, you know what I'm saying, the culture and the community just has to kind of grow uh, grow into. Um, and another thing I observed, like, you know, white people don't do that. White people do not do that. You look at, let's say, man, the white guy who played in um, Malibu's Most Wanted. Jamie you know, Kennedy. Don't be hating. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It wasn't no, ain't nobody get on there and say he's not white enough. 
Right. You dig what I'm saying? Uh, even when you got, you know, you got Robert Downey Jr., who actually the only white man that got away with blackface in Tropic Thunder. Nobody told, nobody, huh? Nomination for that. Ain't got a nomination for that. Nobody told him he wasn't white enough. You know what I mean? When Eminem and Vanilla Ice and Machine Gun Kelly and all of those guys uh, who happen to be white enter into the music industry, their followers and fans don't say they're not white enough. So why would we critique our, critique our own to the point where we, you know, even would hope that opportunities would diminish? That just doesn't make much sense. I don't know how that advances our people. I, I think that for us... We have to understand. I'm. I'm. We need criticism. Sure. I want criticism, but I don't think the criticism has to come to a level where we're destroying and tearing down and stopping new opportunities. Sure. I always, you know, Michael Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer could be doing a panel together, and Michael Bay, Jerry Bruckheimer could say, you know, to Michael Bay, I'm sorry I didn't blow something up, Michael. Right? And they'd laugh, and people would be like, Oh my God, they're so much. They're so bossy that right. they can talk about nomination, and it doesn't hurt. We can't do that. We feel like. We have to just destroy. We have to just tear down, rip apart, find no good in. You mm. know what I'm and I feel like that to me is, I understand where that comes from because I think it's it's a seed that was planted in us. Right. But I think we have to understand that we, you know, there's a way to criticize and critique, you mm. know what I'm saying, help and to, and to speak about opinion and say like, you know, and but to also still allow the art form to grow. Right. I mean... You 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 raise a, a, a phenomenal point about us critiquing each other. And one episode in particular, uh, you actually got Lena Waithe and, you know, you got uh, Ava DuVernay. Uh, you got Will Packer, Tim Story. Uh, who am I missing? Um, Ava, Tim, Will, um, Lena, Lena. I think that's it. it that's it? Okay. Well, four of your... Uh, oh, Issa. Oh, and Issa. Um, uh, apologies. Yeah, how can I forget Issa? Yes. Right on. How can I forget Issa? We sorry, Issa. Don't, don't, please don't shoot us. Please don't shoot us. Uh, but okay, so five of your of your uh, constituents and contemporaries uh, who are wildly successful, uh, and you invite them on your show to critique you and judge you in your face. <laughs> um, that. There's not enough of that. I don't. I don't think people actually see us in that light, doing that to one another enough. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, they don't see enough of us who have a certain level of success actually say, "Man, you know that was some bullshit, right?" You know, okay, how much money you got for it? You know, you got you you got away with one. You know, yeah. how many times you gonna keep making the same this the same song, man? You know what I'm saying? Like a lot, and I feel like with that healthy dialogue, it pushes us. You know what I'm saying? There's no advancement in comfort and convenience. You gotta we still sharp and steel, and we push each other. And I, you know, applaud and salute you for having the wherewithal to do so. Yeah, I, I, I'm so glad you saw it because that was literally what we when we were talking about it. I wanted to say that we don't get seen enough doing that. Right. You know, you know in in real life, your boys will tell you. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah, you know I'm saying, and I feel like people need to show that we are coming up in this environment and this in this industry enough where we are actually policing ourselves. Right. You know what I'm 
we ha- we're having those conversations. We don't necessarily need to, to scream out Oscars too white. You know what I'm saying? We need to go and support the Image Awards. You know what I'm saying? And if Not the Oscars, looking for acceptance. Yes. If the Oscars, are, if, you know, take us fine. But, you know, let's make sure we all show up for the Image Awards. Right. Let's make that our Oscars. You know what I'm saying? You know, I and I have been guilty of it in my own way. You know what I'm saying? I, the idea of, like, Blackish has swept. You know what I'm saying? We've been shown love by them in a, a way that I've never seen in another show. And mm. I have to make it a point to say, like, whatever I'm doing, I got to make sure I, I get there. I, you know what I'm saying? I get dressed up. I get my family out because right. it matters. That's you know what right. I'm saying? Us representing ourselves matters. And the moment we start, you know, I look at the BET Awards. The BET Awards started just as the BET Awards is better than the Grammys now. You know what I'm saying? It's better it's produced. It's, it's more entertaining. You know what I'm saying? We've taken ownership of that. And now shout CBS... Jesse Collins. You said what? Yes. Hey, shout out to Jesse Collins, who's been producing oh, the, the BET Awards from the get-go. We're simulcasting that on CBS now. Right. You know that's how good it is. I feel like that's what we need to start doing, is owning our own shit and making our shit so amazing. That's why I love when Will shows up to the Image Awards and Jay shows up. and you show, like, When people show up and show out it it lets everybody know that this is real right on and shout out to the image awards man who uh they just gave uh rhythm and flow also a netflix series they gave us um uh an image award for uh best reality competition series if i'm not mistaken i love that show Man, thank you. I appreciate that, bro. And we got to find some shit to do together, man. Whether it's, you know what I'm saying, you can hire me as an actor or we can develop some shit together. Yeah, uh, I've, been, I've been hitting and missing, but we, we, we got we to figure it out now. I mean, we got, I got some time and, you know, hopefully all these things that we're doing independently will mm-hmm. make them come together and do something together. If we won't have to ask as much. That's and we can sort of shape our own course a little bit better than we have in previous years. Absolutely, man. I think that's mandatory, man. But thank you for your many contributions to the culture. Um, thank you for blackish, grownish, mixedish, blackish fuck. Uh, thank you for the Richard Price story coming to America too. Uh, America's next top model, also, because you know, what I'm saying that put us, you know, what I'm saying that put a lot of us up on some game, and you know, what I'm saying showed us some things. We, huh? Yeah, when we getting the new Ti album. Man, I am toying with the idea of dropping some shit any moment now. You know what I'm saying? If we weren't dealing with the quarantine or, or the, you know, the pandemic right now, I probably would have done dropped it already. It's it's damn it's 99 done. So okay, so let me ask you. Me and hype actually shot a video too. So it's this one record that I did. Juicy J produced it. Uh, actually, a a, a reimagining of sorts of the Biggie record, Hypnotize. So, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What the fuck off on that? So, uh, me and Hype got together and shot some shit. We just waiting to release it. And I got so many other records, man, that, you know, I'm proud of. I send you some shit offline, Jeff, for you to ride to and listen to. I would love that. Or, or let me put some, let me put something, let me, let me play something. Let me fucking play something early. Man, what? I can't I, that's wait. What let me play something. Um, so let me ask you this. And this is, so... Do you feel pressure now when you're like, you know, you're you? Right. Because I'm like, when you put an album out, like, you can't, you can't put out, no, I want a tip album. I mean, I, you know what I'm saying? Do you feel the pressure of like, which, you know what I'm saying? Of, of like, is it, would you rather not put it out than put it out and then not be, 
Be hot. Man, you know what, man? It depends on the barometer. Like, you know what I'm saying? How are we judging it? You know what I'm saying? By what standard are we calling this hot? You know, because it's on the radio or because it, it sold a million records or like, you know what I'm saying? Or does the quality of the material actually matter in the judgment of my art? That's all like that's all I care about. Do you care about selling records about about streams and about being on the radio and about, I mean, honestly. I mean, man, of course we all want to do dope shit and we all want, you know what I'm saying? Don't nobody, don't nobody want to, don't nobody want to put some shit out and, you know, motherfuckers don't hear it. But I will say it matters a lot more now that everyone who heard it liked it. You dig what I'm saying? Or the people who didn't like it, they can actually identify why. You know what I'm saying? Um, and as long as I know, because you ain't going to never really hear no bullshit from me, but how am I pushing uh, uh, my art form forward? How am I evolving as an artist and a storyteller? Um, I think those are the things that matter more to me. Uh, I, I did like my last album, Dime Trap. I'm extremely proud of it. Now, I know that it did not reach the same level uh, of, of, of notoriety as a lot of my other projects, but I'm still proud of it. It was my 10th project. I'm proud of the artwork on it. I'm proud of the videos we shot. I'm proud of the song selections that made up the complete body of work. I'm not just yeah. trying to toss a song out there and hoping that shit gets successful and have a body of work that no one else hears. Yeah, I mean, so that shit told a story that I feel like, man, fit me in a in a moment in my life. But I ain't get like, you know, music ain't paying my bill for real. Like, really, my my catalog really is, you know, what I'm saying I'm still getting money off King and trap music and like, and that's really what pays my bills. So I, I I feel like even as I hear you talking, I told you like our original, you're such a storyteller with your music. Maybe that's the thing we could. The idea of like you doing something sonically that you have a visual in mind for, you okay. know what I'm saying? That, that there's a picture, that there's a movie, that there's something like a, a movement that you're, you know, recording that we know. What are the visuals to accompany this? I, I maybe there's something because I that is I think you're one of the greatest storytellers. You know what I'm saying in the game. Man, thank you. So, I got an idea I want to run by you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I won't put this on the show or nothing like that. But this is the okay. idea. It's called Washed. Okay. And now think the same format, kind of like a scripted reality, kind of breaking the fourth wall, some kind of way. But it's about it would be a, a reality show would be about rappers whose society would see as washed up. You dig what I, I'm saying? I wanted to do that forever. Yeah. You don't want to? No, I swear to God, I, no. Literally, when you, I, I'm not that I wanted to do that show. I've thought about that. The notion of like, I saw somebody. I saw like, please don't push. So I saw Nelly. Okay, right? and I'm like Nelly's rich, right? as, <laughs> but I'm, as my brother he is, as a motherfucker, and like, and nobody like Nelly sold units. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, a, control, two times con, control clap control culture. That's right. But like my daughters, they they don't know who Nelly is, and like you know what I'm saying, like you know the, and I'm like, do you? Know? And so the notion of like Nelly's fine. Right. Nelly has done what an artist is supposed to do, is living his life. But the idea of how people see him. What people see about that, like, I'm, I'm fascinated by that. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think you got artists like me, uh, Big Boy from Outkast. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's so many. Rich of, niggas. 
<laughs> niggas who still got the nigga. I got the same fleet of cars. I got the same jewelry. <laughs> I live in. I got more houses. But you know, because you hear this motherfucker shit on the radio every day, you think you know that shit still you know the greatest shit in the world. But I do know that fame, and I think this should be kind of like the undertone of it. Fame, that shit is like a deep sleep. Especially when you first get it. You dig what I'm saying? You come from absolutely nothing. You take a nigga like me out the trap and you got them put me on a worldwide tour, platinum. All of a sudden I'm rich beyond my wildest dream. And you could be looking me dead in my eyes and I don't hear shit you saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what we got to understand. I, I have to remind myself of this shit all the time, man. It took me going to prison, coming back, back and forth. That's how I kind of like woke up. Like, whoa, whoa, shit. This yeah. shit is, you know, it's a real, real life, life going on here. Um, and I think that, you know, visually kind of depicting and presenting that, I think, is, a, is an opportunity that, you know, I look forward to taking advantage of. Yo, yo, all kidding aside... With you just doing fucking rhythm and flow, and I sort like that that particular format, right? Would fucking sell because it's it's almost like whatever happened to, okay? You know what I'm saying? Like uh, it's almost like like, and I'll Google like whatever happened to you know what I'm saying? Like I saw Trick Daddy got in trouble and he had some, and I was like, whatever happened to Trick Daddy? You know what I'm saying? Like the notion of you know. And, and some of the stories are not going to be as, as bright as others. You know what I'm saying? Gonna, <laughs> some, some of the stories are going to take some dark turns. Right. But I, I do think it's an interesting, really, really, really easy. I'm, I'm into elevator pitches. Okay. And that elevator pitch meaning like you get somebody on the elevator, you got that much time to sell them something. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like this is an elevator pitch. Like you get, it's such an interesting world. You know what I'm saying? That shows. And like, I, I'm, I'm, you know, Snoop's my, my brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm, Snoop's a really interesting version of this because Snoop is so, remains so relevant culturally. Right. But like, you know, Snoop hasn't put like a, a hit album out, you know what I'm saying? You know, right. and but he's he he hits so hard, you know what I'm saying? He's fine for life. Right. You know what I'm saying? And he's you know, but the idea of like every story is not like that and hearing Snoop's journey and how you sort of you have to sort of be able to reinvent yourself, you know what I'm saying? Like you have the number one podcast in the world. You know right. what I'm saying? In the and it wasn't something. I mean, this was like a let's see if I can do it, and then, and then all of a sudden you hit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, as a producer in television, as an actor in in films, and like you know, the idea of like keeping reinventing yourself is a really important notion. And I'm I'm I, I think that that show could be really interesting to see like which one of us have gone into real estate, which right. one of us. You know what I'm saying? It's not going like to MC Hammer. MC Hammer is also an interesting, uh, interesting story. You know, everybody know about him blowing all the money, and you know what I'm saying. And they say that he went broke and all, but they don't know that he's been investing in uh, uh, Silicon Valley ever since he kind of stepped out of the spotlight, and now he has made as much, if not more, money with his investments. I didn't know that. Yeah, chameleonaire. Chameleonaire is another one, absolutely. So I mean, I think there are a lot of stories. Even uh, what's his name? Spectacular from Pretty Ricky. Oh, I heard. Hold on, he's on the tech side. He's on the tech side. He got one of the biggest companies that kind of shows artists how to maximize the use of their social media platform. We could click. We could click over and sell this show over the phone. 
You dig what I'm saying? I like a. Hey, I, 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 I'm picking up what you're putting down, bro. <laughs> picking up what you're putting so down, bro. So here, expeditiously, brother, we have a tradition. Now that tradition is the word of the week. Now the word of the week is usually a word from my vocabulary that I, I, I select out of the blue based on our conversation and based on uh, the character of the guest. Um. My word that I've selected for you today, raconteur, a raconteur. Raconteur comes... He's a storyteller. Absolutely. But but even more specific than that, raconteurs are gifted storytellers able to spin amusing tales from everyday life. You dig what I'm saying? I'll take that because that, that means that, that puts me close to being kind of like a rapper. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Rappers are rocking tours as well. I would call. I would. I would also call myself or consider myself one as well. Uh, and now what we gonna do here, brother? I'm gonna use this shit in a sentence so people who just not seeing this, they could go off back to work or or, or the. Well, actually, they ain't going no motherfucking way. They gonna go home and they gonna use this motherfucker like they done known the word their whole life. That's right. Go home. <laughs> All right. So here we are. Kenya Barris and his writing team are brilliant raconteurs who make witty observations and create riveting stories around our everyday struggles. Brother, I, I, I accept that. I thank you. I appreciate you. I salute you. And I'm also going to hold you to that other shit we were talking about, man. I'm going to get your line. I'm in. And, and I, want that, I, want that, I want that hoodie. Say that shit over the phone. Say less. I have one to you, man, within two, within three, four uh, shipping days. All right, dog. I appreciate it. All right, man. Love and respect, man. Much more success. All right, All right this has been Expeditiously. Hey, listen, man. I got some exciting news. My show, Expeditiously, will now be available on Spotify. And it's free. If you already listen to music on Spotify, now you can listen to the podcast in the same place. Thanks for listening to Expeditiously with me, T.I.P. Don't forget to subscribe to Apple Podcasts and Podcast One and rate and review, please. Expeditiously is produced, engineered, and edited by K.C. Morris. What makes a business a business? It's not the circumstances of a world that woke up on the wrong side of the bed that year, that decade. It's the everyday entrepreneur ready to put themselves out there. We're all sailing against the wind right now, but we will make it to shore. It's been done before, and we will do it again. To help you get started, we're offering websites, marketing tools, and guidance all for free. Learn more at GoDaddy.com. What matters when you start a business is you and your idea, not when you start it. So if you make up your mind and go for it, GoDaddy has all the help and tools you need to bring it online. Start today at GoDaddy.com because open, we stand.